COVID-19 has changed the world forever. A lot of people are still sitting on their couches, hoping that things return to normal, that they'll be able to go out again, that we'll be able to go into groups again, that we'll be able to work the same way that we did before. But I'll go ahead and be straight with you. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there are fundamental shifts that have happened in the world since all of this started. And I also think the people who will suffer the most are the ones who resist that change, who try to pretend the world is going to go back to normal, because it's not. And if you want to be smart right now, if you want to prepare to not only survive this pandemic, but thrive in the world that's that's going to come after the pandemic starts to settle down, then I believe you need to prepare for the new world that we all live in. In this episode, I'm going to talk about what some of the changes are that I think are permanent. And I'm also going to give you some advice on how you can adapt and, yes, break through the noise. I'm John Morrow, and this is Break Through the Noise. A podcast about rising above all the noise out there, all the endless ads and content and notification, and get people to pay attention to you. Not just for a moment, not just for one poster video. On this podcast, you'll learn how to create lifelong fans who hang on your every word so you never have to break through the noise again. So what I'd like to do in this episode is go through five different changes I believe are permanent and also give you some advice on each one. Some of these you'll be surprised by, some of these you won't be, but I think altogether, each of these represents a fundamental shift to the way all of us live and work, and also they represent a shift in the types of skills that you'll need going forward. Okay, the first one, which I don't think will be surprising, is that online work, otherwise known as remote work, is here to stay. Even if coronavirus were to disappear today, a lot of companies have now seen that, yes, we can be productive working from home. So I think that what you're going to see is a lot more remote positions going forward. I think you're going to see also some some migration out of expensive places like San Francisco and New York City. And you're going to see people living in cheaper areas, cheaper cities, and then choosing from a national or even international job market. Okay? And what that means is if you have the skills to work online, then there are going to be dramatically more opportunities available to you going forward. Now, what does that mean on a very practical level? At a basic level, it means you need to know 
how to use different tools like Google Drive, Zoom, Slack. These kinds of tools can become commonplace in the world of remote work. And if you haven't mastered them yet, you should because they're not going away and they're going to be more and more important going forward. The other side of this, though, is that you'll also need to master productivity skills of working from home, like eliminating distractions, like being able to run and maintain your own computer, like having a good internet connection. To those of us who have been working remotely for a long time, none of these things are surprising or, or even require a lot of thought, but if you're new to this, then I think you need to dedicate thought to these changes, to what it would look like for you to work productively from home, not only in terms of software that you might use or computers you might use, but also just in terms of how to eliminate distractions, how to maintain quiet, the conversations you need to have with your family in order to maintain focus, all of those types of things. Okay, number two is I think we're going to see a rise in the gig economy. Now, if you're not familiar with the term gig economy, it's the idea that full-time jobs at companies are decreasing and that freelance jobs, freelance gigs, are increasing. And these are temporary positions where you might get paid by the project or by the hour. And basically, you'll move from company to company, team to team, and that it represents a shift in the way we work. Now, the reason why I bring this up is I believe the idea of getting and keeping a job for a long period of time is one of those ideas that is slowly dying. The idea of having a career where you work with the same company for 10, 20, or 30 years is mostly a thing of the past. These days, at the very least, people change jobs much more frequently. But if you all of a sudden have access to an international marketplace of jobs where you can work with teams from all over the world, that's going to change even more, okay? And what I think you need to realize is there is a role in between an employee and an entrepreneur. A lot of freelancers will call themselves entrepreneurs, but I've done freelance work and I've also built a company that had nothing to do with freelance work and being the CEO of a company is not the same as being a freelancer. They're similar in some ways and that ultimately the responsibility rests with you. But in other ways, a lot of your instruction is still coming from a client or a quote unquote boss of some sort. So the thing to realize here is that there is now a third category, that it's not just choosing between working a job and starting 
accompany that there is a third category that is going to become more prevalent, which is being a freelancer, maybe full-time, maybe part-time, working in an international marketplace where you are getting gigs, building your reputation, and ultimately probably making more money but having less overall certainty and safety than you did in the past. All right, number three is specialization. And that is the idea that certain skill sets are going to become even more in demand than they were before. With all of us working online, for example, any type of job that you can do online is going to become a more valuable skill set. Things like content marketing and programming and design were already valuable, but I think what you're going to see is an increasing value over what we had before in those specialized skill sets. A lot of people asking, how do I get a job online? They're asking in, in a very generic sense. They're asking in the sense of, how do I get someone to pay me to work on the computer? And the reality is no one pays you to sit in front of a computer. What they pay you for is for skills that you just so happen to use while you're on a computer. So rather than thinking of this as making money on the internet, I think the better way to think of it is what skills can I develop? What specialization can I develop that will be useful online in the coming years? And the sad reality of this is if you have been a server in the past at a restaurant, or if you've worked at a movie theater or a bar, chances are those industries are going to see a permanent reduction in size, reduction in staff. It may take years to return to what it was before, and it may never return to what it was before. So if you come out of one of those industries, what that means is rather than looking for jobs that match your current skill set, you need to develop a new skill set that's useful in the new world that's going forward. That is probably a very difficult thing to hear. Right now, I know if I were a server, I wouldn't want to hear that. I, I would want to hear that, you know, there's a vaccine and everyone is going to go back to restaurants. Uh, but I don't think that's human nature. I think even if coronavirus were to be cured today, the fear is going to linger for long into the future. And what that's going to mean is permanent changes to the number of jobs available in certain industries. So I think developing specializations in things that you can do online is a very smart move right now. Okay, number four is globalization. And this is a combination of different ideas. Number one is the idea that we already touched on. 
that we're going to be working at a global marketplace of jobs. The idea that you're confined to one city is going to not be as common because most, many, many jobs that we do will work online, okay? Those jobs will be much more prevalent. So you could theoretically be working in Hong Kong from Austin, Texas, where I am currently, right? Um, that may sound strange to you right now. I think in the coming years, it will become less and less strange. All right. Um, but there is another idea that goes with that. And that is if we're working in the global marketplace, it means you're going to be competing against countries with a lower cost of living than the Western world. So it's going to be much cheaper, for example, to live in the Philippines or Mexico or China than it is in the United States, Canada, Europe, England, okay? And people in those countries are going to have access to the same jobs and they will be able to survive on less money. So that creates the question, what skills can you learn that are hard to outsource to cheaper countries? I'll repeat that again because this is a really important question. What skills can you learn that are hard to outsource to cheaper countries? Your first knee-jerk reaction to that may be, well, nothing, but listen, that's not true. Let me point out a few things that are difficult to outsource to um, cheaper countries. Speaking as a business owner, okay? Number one, anything to do with writing, especially any sort of writing related to marketing. So for example, search engine optimization, still predominantly dominated by Western companies. Why is that? The reason why is because we speak English natively. A native English speaker, nine times out of 10, can beat someone when it comes to writing marketing copy of any kind when it comes when it comes to the English language, if that other person is learning English as their second language. I speak Spanish fluently, but you probably wouldn't want me writing your Spanish marketing copy because it wouldn't sound quite like a native speaker. It would sound like someone who learned the language because I did. All right? So what that means is anything related to writing, I think you're going to see those wages go up over time. The reason why being that it's difficult to outsource, I can tell you confidently that a writer in the Philippines, even if they're really good, is often not as good as a writer in the United States. And it's, it's simply 
because they're not a native speaker who has the cultural understanding of what it's like to live in the United States. The only way you can get that is to live here. Okay? So, writing jobs, marketing jobs are another one. The reason why is, if I've never lived in your world, it's hard for me to sell to you. It would be difficult for me to sell to someone in China because I don't really understand what their day-to-day life is like. On the other hand, I have a much better picture of someone in the United States. So that makes marketing jobs more valuable if you grew up in a Western country. Um, So those are two types. There are others like security. Any sort of security or tech job is often much better in the U.S. Because if you steal from me and you're living in Russia or the Philippines or China, I can't really sue you. Not effectively, anyway. So for that reason, a lot of tech and security-related jobs are still in countries like the United States or in countries where there are treaties, like there are treaties between the United States and England, for example, when it comes to protecting trademarks and copyright law. This gets kind of complicated. But the overall rule of thumb is, think about what kinds of jobs are going to be difficult to outsource. Chances are those are the skills you want to develop. And then lastly, industries. This is such a huge thing, and yet most people never think about it. And that is, what industries are booming right now and will be booming for the next few years? Your knee-jerk reaction may be, well, John, we're in a recession. No industry is booming. That's not true. If you are working uh, in the COVID-19 vaccine business, business is booming, right? And that's just one example. Other industries like homeschool are booming because parents can't send their kids back to school. Cleaning products are booming. And there are more and more and more. So look around and think creatively around what industries are actually making more money right now than they were before. What industries are going to be making more money two or three years from now than they are or than they made last year? Those kinds of questions. I mean, none of us have a crystal ball. We can only guess. But most people assume these things are static. And it's it's not. It changes. And if you're smart, you'll go to work in an industry that's doing well in the new world that we're all entering into. You don't want to be working in an industry that's suffering mightily right now, like owning a movie theater. Okay?
or a bar. That's a very simple example. But there are lots of other industries that are suffering too. On the other hand, working in industry that's booming, very, very smart. And if you're working, if you used to work in the industry, it's now suffering, transition to an industry that's doing well and you will do much better. All right, I hope that these ideas these shifts in the advice have been helpful to you. Hopefully it hasn't been too discouraging to you. The bottom line is we're all living in a new world. The skills that were valuable pre-COVID are going to be different than the skills valuable post-COVID. The industries that were profitable pre-COVID are going to be different from the industries that are profitable post-COVID and so on and so forth. These changes are not temporary. Many parts of the world are not returning to quote-unquote normal. The world has changed. We have to change with it. And the faster you adapt, the better you will do. All right, I hope that's helpful. I'll be back soon with more advice, probably a little bit more related to marketing But in the meantime, change, adapt, and thrive. Bye-bye now.